Come on, somebody. Aren't you glad you woke up this morning? Aren't you glad that you came to the house of the Lord? Woo! I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Psalm 122, right? Wow, so good to be here. What a privilege and an honor it is. And uh, uh, we just got back from Israel on Thursday. By the way, if you went to Israel, would you just raise your, raise your hand right now? If you see a hand there, these people are probably going to take a nap in the next few moments. So just wake them up, push them, wet willy, whatever it takes in order to keep them alert. And now let's bring the house lights up a little bit this morning. Can we do that? Those of you that are watching online, we do welcome you and say thanks for tuning in wherever your travels have you today. It's a joy and an honor to be here. And we want to invite you to come. We're saving a seat just for you. We got three colors for you to choose from. So whatever fits your outfit for the day, you just pick one out and it'll be a great time together. Hey, let me ask you a question. Have you ever done anything that required tremendous courage? You, 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 you were invited to participate in an event or an activity or, or you had to step out and, and you, you weren't quite sure of what the outcome might be. Whatever it was required you to take a step of faith, right? You ever done something like that? How many of you have ever bungee jumped? Anybody? Crazy. Unreal. Cannot believe anybody would strap a rubber band to their ankle and jump off something from great heights, Right? I, 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 I thought about it one day. Uh, years ago when I was in student ministry, I was uh, with a group of, of teenagers in, in Florida and, 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 and one of the uh, attractions was they bungee jumping. Of course, all these students without fear of anything begin to jump and, and do that. And, and so I'm, I'm cheering them on because that's what we pastors do. We encourage, right? Well, then they begin to talk trash to me and begin to challenge me to do the same. What's wrong with teenagers today? They begin to show lack of respect and honor for the pastor, right? Pastor Mark, right? Come on. They, they talk trash and, and try to speak fear into us and said, all right, all right, I'll do it. But y'all got to pay for it. It's 150 bucks. Now, teenagers that had no money all week that I'm having to bail out at, at Bennigan's, all of a sudden, they had money coming out of their socks, their shoes, their... They, they were asking strangers. They wanted, if they raised the money, 150 pastor, healthy pastor was going to bungee jump. They raised the money, so I couldn't go back on my word now, right? And so I make the, the walk over to the platform. And, and if you've ever been to some of these, I don't know if they're all like this, but, but this one was of the devil. It was there that day. There was a, there's a scale that you have to step on before you go up the tower. Guys, I don't know about you, but most times you can look at me and tell that when I step on a scale, it's not good news. All right. You go to the doctor's office. That's one of the first things they make you do. There's a nurse or an attendant there and they've got a clipboard or an iPad and they step on the scale and sometimes it's like, mm -hmm. and they're putting numbers in and you just like, what does that mean? You know, I'm like shaming me right now. I, I remember one time when I was in Little League football, we had a weight limit and I had to go step on a scale. Now, my mama always told me I was healthy and big boned. I didn't make the weight limit that day. But anyway, so I'm at bungee jumping. I have to step on the scale only to be told once again, sir, excuse me, you're just, you're too healthy. <laughs> This little rubber band we have will not support a man of your fortitude and masculinity and 
size, right? This was not made for Shrek, sir. This is not the bungee jump for, for you. And I had to walk of shame back to my, They're like, what are you doing? I said, I'm not jumping, but I got 150 bucks in my pocket now. <laughs> oh man, I would not bungee jump ever, ever. That's ridiculous. Jumped out of an airplane. Anybody ever done that? I know what my man, Walt Army Ranger over here. Some of y'all crazy. Did you have an option to do that? Or somebody like just, for, hey, look, I don't know if I'd do that either because I'm healthy, right? Hey, and to this day, again, I just talk about being back from Israel. I love 12 hour plane rides in a tube of metal. It's awful. A guy my size and it's just awful. But anyway, God is good. To this day, I still pray and bless the airplane before I get on it. <laughs> I've flown a lot, but I still pray before I step off of that little catwalk thing onto the plane. I just lay my hand on that hunk of metal with all those little screws in it. You see all the screws around it. Good gosh. I hope the, these things work, you know, <laughs> Lord Jesus, thank you for the creation of this vessel that will take me to my destination. Lord, I pray that the people that built this, that they paid attention in shop class in high school and you know, that they know what they were doing. The welders welded correctly. And Lord, that these rivets and divots from whatever Home Depot work and that this crew and staff, I pray a blessing over that plane. I just do. And I, but, but I, I'm taking a step of faith, right? Believing that, that, that tube is going to get me to my destination, right? Hey, some of you may not, it takes a step of faith to go to bed at night, does it not? I mean, you laid down last night and you just kind of believed that you were going to wake up today, did you not? Did anybody wrestle us? Oh, I don't know if I should get under the covers. I don't know if I should lay down on the Tempur-Pedic or the purple or whatever you call your bed these days, right? Air mattress. So remember the water beds? Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And you know you were bougie when you had the heater underneath it. Hallelujah. Wow. Anyway, I'm sorry. I digress. Lava land. Okay, I'm sorry. I shouldn't be going there. But even when you go to sleep at night, is it not an act of faith? I mean, you don't know that you're going to wake up the next morning, but you're just believing that you will. Hey, even right now, even right now, many of you that are, you're sitting in something that you have placed great faith in. And I'm nervous because these things are 10 years old, this chair that you're sitting in and some of them are duct taped together, budget cuts. And I mean, we're just trying to be good stewards, just kidding. Um, but you're, it's a step that this chair is going to function and I, but you're placing faith in a hunk of metal from somewhere. I think these are from North Carolina, American made. Let's go. Faith. When you look the word faith up in the dictionary, it means this. It means, it means confidence, placing your confidence or trust in something or someone. You guys are people of faith. Every day we make so many decisions that are really faith decisions, right? Listen, I'm a, I'm a dad and I got two daughters and they're grown and they're older and I know that they can make their own decisions, but I still get a little nervous sometimes when they leave the house and get in the vehicle and drive off, you know? Um, and I'm just, oh Lord, please. I mean, there's just, we make so many decisions of faith every day. You've placed your confidence. You've placed your trust in a product or into something. You've placed your confidence. We, we place our faith in government. 
Banking systems? <laughs> yeah. Are you beginning to pick up what I'm putting down? I mean, we, we, we take steps of faith. And, and, and sometimes we're, 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 we just don't know what the outcomes are going to be. Even with what we're a part of here today in the church. We, we are called a family of faith. And even at its core, even at the centrality of, 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 of Christianity is this belief in someone, is there not? In fact, for those of us that call ourselves believers, we're saying we believe in, in, in some values. We believe in some instruction. We believe in a man that came and set us free. Even for those of us who, who become a Christ follower Christian, there is a declaration of faith that we say we believe that Jesus is the son of God. We believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. We believe that we deserve death, but because he became that sacrifice for our sins, we can be forgiven of that. We can be made righteous in the eyes of God because of the blood of Jesus. Are you with me today? We confess our sins. We ask Jesus to come into our heart, but that's a declaration of a faith. I've never seen Jesus. I've never shaken his hand. I've never seen God. I've never sat down and had dinner with him, but I'm believing I'm placing my faith and my confidence and my trust in someone that I've really haven't seen with my own eyes. I, in fact, I, 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 I love, I, did you remember the, 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 the first Tim Allen movie called the Santa Claus? Listen, in, in movies, the first one's always the best. And then they just try to t keep it going and, and they try to change the storyline a little. I don't know, Creed 3 is pretty good too. I, anyway, I'm just, I'm playing, I'm showing you my cards right there. But I, anyway, but, but, um, but in the Santa Claus one, I, I love this moment where Tim Allen is transported to the North Pole. And I, I've always wanted to know what it looked like and they show us in the movie, so I love that. And, um, but, but he has this moment with this little elf girl. I can't remember her name. Somebody's Googling it right now. You're not paying attention to the sermon. You're going to tell me that. Um, but but, but she makes this statement because he's just not believing what he's seeing. Isn't that how we are in life? Most of us, we don't believe something until we see it, right? I don't believe this will happen. I need to see it first. Um, and and we, nothing wrong with that. I, I believe that there's, there's some... Some, uh, it's just normal for us to think that way. But, but I love the quote in this Santa Claus movie when this little elf girl speaks to Tim Allen. She says this. She says, seeing isn't believing, but believing is seeing. Think about our faith as Christians. We've never seen Jesus. We've never physically seen God. I'm a little jealous of the disciples. Uh, this week, we walked in some of the places where Jesus walked, and we were a part of some of these places where he performed some of his greatest miracles. We, we were on the Sea of Galilee, you know, where so many stories took place, one of which we'll get to in a few minutes. But man, to be there, but I've never seen him. I've heard stories. I've seen some things that he's done in people's lives, though. I've seen people healed. I've seen situations that seem hopeless. Uh, I've seen tremendous outcomes. I, I, I've seen marriages that were doomed and gloomed, restored. I, I, I've seen people that were prodigal. Man, they were just so bad, running from God. Woo! Lord, I'm so glad I'm not as bad as that person. You ever thought that? Come on. 
But no, I'm so, I've seen people that, that had no thought of God just come to him and become one of the greatest tools in kingdom building for the Father. Amen? So I've seen him work. So sometimes it's not necessarily seeing something that makes it believable, but believing something and then seeing it come to reality. Today, I want to start a journey with you on faith. I believe that faith is a tremendously important doctrine for us to wrap our arms around as people. Again, you're placing your faith in something, in a sports team or, or in, in, in a politician or, or in, in just how good you are and how smart you are. You're, you're placing your faith in something. T -t Today, I want to I begin to lead us and point us to, to the only thing that I believe is true that is firm, that is steadfast, that is bedrock in life. Because I don't know about you, but I've looked around and tried to survey when times get tough. Anybody ever have tough times? Sometimes ever, you may have a rough day, bad day, right? And, and I don't know about you, but it, 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 in those moments, sometimes it's easy just to try to grab something off the shelf to try to figure it out. The world is so good about throwing things out there, grab this or that, hey, follow this person, listen to this advice, you know, do this and whatever, right? I want to begin today a journey with you that I believe can set you free, that will help you. If you can just understand this doctrine of faith, I believe that life may not always be easy, but it'll be better. That even when adversity comes and when the ball doesn't bounce your way and when you're not chosen first and you're not the most likely to succeed, I'm telling you, I've just found that with my faith placed where it should be, my faith and my hope and my trust placed in Jesus, life works better. Yeah. You may know what I'm talking about. Come on, give the Lord a round of applause right now. He is good. He's good. I got a definition that I want us to work from over the next few weeks because this is how I kind of see this idea of faith. Here's what faith is. Faith is believing that God is who he says he is and that he will do what he says he will do. Leave that up for just a second. Faith is believing that God is who he says he is and that he will do what he says he will do. Listen, you have to start with the beginning in believing in the very character and nature of who God is. What do you believe about God? Who is he to you? He's a man upstairs or he's just some road. No, but you've got to start where that is the beginning of where true faith sets. You've got to understand the nature and the character of who God is. And then it ends with the promises of God, that God can be trusted, that God can be, he will follow through with what he has promised that he will say and do. Faith is believing that God is who he says he is and that he will do what he says he will do. Check this out. You're going to place your faith in something. You're going to place your trust and your confidence in someone or something. You will. Today, I want to just encourage you to begin to, to, to understand that who God is and that he is a man of his word. I'll take you at your word. If you said it, I'll believe it. Come on, somebody. And I know you've seen God do things in your life that you thought were impossible. Outcomes or, or things that were decreed or said about you. 
situations that seemed hopeless. I'm telling you, the Bible is littered with story after story. In fact, today, I'd like to start today in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, if I can. This is a chapter that is oftentimes referred to as the faith chapter. But let me just ask you, who are you placing your faith and confidence in today? Who are you trusting in? What, what are you banking on? What are you counting on to see you through this thing called life? What is your firm foundation? What is that bedrock for you? What do you do when the thumbs up on social media has become thumbs down? What do you do when you're not the life of the party? What do you do when, when, when that job or that career that you thought would be yours until you chose to walk away from it? What, what about when it's snatched from you? What do you do when someone that says they used to love you says, ah, you're not for me any longer? What do you do? What do you, in those moments of life, where do you turn? What is your true north? Where's your confidence? What are you depending on to see you through? What are you trusting in? A psychologist? What popular opinion is? Well, could I introduce you to the word of God and encourage you today to trust God because he will never fail you nor let you down. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? Come on, somebody. You've seen him work. You've seen him move. And he's there all the time. Hebrews chapter 11 is oftentimes called the faith chapter. In Hebrews chapter 11, we read about many people from scripture that you're quite familiar with, stories after story. And it's a reminder of how God showed up in their life. Abraham, Abraham. God said to him one day, hey, Abraham, I want you to pack up everything and I want you to go to a land that I will show you. Man, have you ever tried that? Hey, honey, listen, I want you now, I want you to rally up all the kids and the dogs and, and everything, pack it up. We leave in two hours. Well, where are we going? I, I don't know that yet. I just know that God has told me. How would that fly in your home? You're gonna read about it in scripture in Genesis, though, that that's exactly what happened to Abraham. But Abraham was a man of faith. He trusted God. <laughs> Sarah, I would love to ask her one day, hey, what was really going through your mind? What'd you think about your man when he said that, you know? Or, or, or what about another story in Abraham's life when, when God said, hey, Abraham, I want you to gather your son Isaac and I want you to go and, and offer a sacrifice. Okay, gathers up all the supplies, everything needed for sacrifice. Abraham was quite accustomed to that, knew what it was. The problem was there was no sacrifice. And I don't remember in scripture, Abraham in that journey saying, uh, God, uh, but I do remember Isaac saying, hey, uh, dad, uh, what's the plan here? You know, God's going to provide for us, Isaac, right? Wow. Man of faith. Didn't know how or when or what it was going to look like, but just took God at his word. Would, I would love to be a person like that more. Would you not? But can I just be honest and real and transparent and can I encourage you to do the same? It's so easy to get sucked in and just trying to figure it out on our own, isn't it? It's so easy when life is broken and we're falling apart just to throw a little duct tape or some WD-40 on it and feel like we're gonna be okay. But sometimes it just doesn't work that way. Are you with me today? I've got friends giving me their advice and opinions. Does that always work for you? 
Now, people that are good and they're in my life and they're for me, I'll never leave you, man, I'm for you, only to find when the first difficult time comes, they bail, right? Wow. Look what it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse one, this thing about faith that we're unpacking today. It says this, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Read that again. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. I looked it up in some other translations this morning. I want to read to you because some of you, maybe your translation reads a little bit different. In the the NIV, it reads this way. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. The New King James Version would say, now faith, excuse me, the King James Version would say, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, right? Does that sound familiar to you guys? I love how the message translation puts it. Check this out. The fundamental fact of existence is that, the tr- is that the, this trust in God, this faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. Let me rewind the tape. Let me read that again. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. Hey, when you're going down, when you're going under, when life is spiraling out of control, when you're free falling with a rubber band strapped around your ankles, what are you grabbing a hold of? What are you hanging on to? What is that thing or that one person that you can trust in, you have great confidence in? Whew, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. (laughs) I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but I wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground, sinking sand, right? What are you hanging on to? And I love what it says in verse six of that same chapter in Hebrews chapter 11, it says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. See, this is a big deal. It's a big deal. I'm not just pulling something out of there and saying, what should we do for the month of May? No, this is bedrock for us as people. You want to live life? You want to flourish? You want to be able to stand when the storms come? You've got to nail down. What do you believe about God? Is he who he says he is? And will he do what he's promised he will do, right? It's impossible, the writer of Hebrews says, to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Come on, guys, I want you to understand something today that God wants us to be faith people. He wants us to know him. He wants us to know that we can trust him. God is for you. Let's nail that down. He's not mad at you. You're not too bad. You've not done something that's unforgivable. No. God wants to know you. Have you placed your faith and trust in him? Is he your firm foundation?
One of my favorite stories in scripture that I read about that's a demonstration of tremendous faith is actually a story that many of you are quite familiar with. It's found in, it's found in actually in all four of the gospels. It's related, but uh, it's, it's spoken of in all four gospels. But in Matthew chapter 14 is where I want to read today. Jesus and the disciples have just finished a day of ministry and and, and, and Jesus is tired. Jesus needs some rest. Jesus wants to get away from people. You ever been there? Come on, how many of you people get on your nerves sometimes? Let me see your hand. How many of you, I'm getting on your nerves right now. Let me see your hand. Put your hand, Morgan Paul, I'm about to come off this platform right now. So just kidding. Um, yeah, but, but we find that in scripture. Hey, listen, it's okay to get away sometimes. That's why I appreciate what our board and what our overseers are giving Pastor Angie and I some, some time to get away. It's okay. It's okay sometimes to say, you know what, man, I need to tap out for a little bit and, and I need to recharge. I need to refuel myself. I need a fresh word. Uh, I need a fresh vision. Hey, listen, you need that in your lives too. Hey, do you have time carved out where you just rest? Do you have time set aside where you're just listening for the Lord? Be careful if, if life will suck you into this, this, this conundrum, will it not? That you've got to keep right. You ever feel like the hamster or the gerbil in that spinning wheel in the cage? And, it's like, and you're not getting anywhere. But man, you're running harder, harder, harder thinking that if I run harder, 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 faster, faster that I'm going to get somewhere. But oh, you're just spinning your wheels. Jesus in Matthew chapter 14, I believe, gives us a great reason for sabbatical or Sabbath or rest. We saw it in, in Israel this last week, man, on Friday night at six o'clock, things shut down and the party is on. I mean, they eat good. They get all dolled up, dressed up, and there's nothing that happens. Elevators, you don't even push the button on an elevator when you get on it. It's just said it stops at every floor, all right? Were you ever that kid that pushed all the buttons in the elevator, by the way, when you got on it as a kid to just jack with hotel participants, right? <laughs> We saw Sabbath and this idea to rest and everything just shut down. You need that. In Matthew 14, Jesus needs some time away. Listen, I love the, the modeling that Jesus gives us that, hey, even the son of God needed to, to spend time in prayer and press in and hear from his father in heaven. He needed a breather. Jesus didn't always heal people, did he not? He didn't touch everybody, just bump, bump. He just dole it, dole it out all the time, right? No, he was purposeful. He understood what his father's will was. But in Matthew chapter 14, Jesus has put his disciples in a boat and he's putting them on this lake, this sea of Galilee. And we were there, we took the boat ride this week and we jumped on this boat. And after they played the national anthem, I love that. We started our boat cruise with the playing of the national anthem. And I think somebody said, play ball at the end of it or something, but it was great. But we set sail and we got out in the middle of the lake and it was calm and peaceful and we're worshiping and we're crying and snot's running out of our nose. I mean, it's just a moment, you know? It was calm and peaceful. But we also saw that lake like what's happening here in Matthew chapter 14. We saw that same lake that was calm and peaceful like many of your lives are sometimes only to become tumultuous and stormy, and dark, white caps pressing in. So what's happening here in Matthew chapter 14. Why would Jesus put his disciples in a storm like that? You know, I don't know the correct answer and theologians might debate that. I just love the hope and encouragement that he gives us that even in our lives, things may be good for a moment, but you will face storms and trials. In fact, Jesus says that in John chapter 16, verse 33 he says in this world, you will have trouble. 
So listen, if you're at peace right now and life is good, good for you. That's awesome. But you better get ready because a tough time is going to come your way. And that's okay. But be of courage and, and learn from this lesson in Matthew 14 today. The storm hits the boat where these disciples are. Jesus is nowhere to be found. They're trusting in him. And why would he do this for us? Surely, why, why would our rabbi send us out only to find our death in this lake? I love verse 27. I don't have it on the screens for you. You're going to, have to trust me. I'm reading it from the Bible. Do you read your Bible? You ought to, man. There's some good stuff in it, guys, that will help us in life. Jesus spoke to the disciples because they're nervous. They're scared. But they look out and they see a figure coming at them. Woo. Some translations say they thought it was a ghost, but they knew it wasn't a ghost because verse 27 says, because Jesus spoke to them and he said, don't be afraid, take courage, I am here. Hey, we could drop the Bible right now. I'm not because it's the word of God, but what I'm saying, we could stop right now and go home and that might be a word for someone listening today, whether in-house or online, because life is hard right now and you're afraid the winds are beating you up. You don't know the outcome. You don't know how you're going to make it through. Can I just encourage you with the words of Jesus written in red in Matthew 14, 27? Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Come on, somebody. How many of you would testify that when Jesus is around, things are better? Come on, somebody. That when Jesus is in the midst of the storm, the storm is not as bad as it was on your own, right? But I love what happens here in Matthew 14, 28. Band, you can go and come on up and get ready as we get ready to wrap this up and, and head for home. Verse 28 says, Peter calls out to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. I love that. Jesus, or Peter calls out to Jesus. When's the last time you called out to Jesus? Hey, you in a difficult time right now? Whoa, call out to the one who is more than able to see you through. Talk to him. Call out to Jesus. Wow, look to Jesus. Peter called him, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you walking on this water. And Jesus said, yes, come. And so Peter went over the side of the boat and he walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was what? Come on, he was what? He was terrified and he began to sink. Save me, Lord! He shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? And when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. Listen, I believe that this story that is quite familiar to many of us gives us some incredible, incredible things to consider when, when we consider where we're at with our faith and what it means to place our faith in Jesus. I'm reminded here, it says that Peter called to him. They looked out and they saw, and when the voice came, he knew 
it was Jesus. Hey, let me ask you a question. When the storms of life are coming your way, are you looking to Jesus? What are you looking at? What do you look to when you're afraid? When the wind and the waves come at you, where's your focus? We know that as the story progressed, that as long as Peter's focus was on Jesus, Peter was doing all right in this story, was he not? I, I, I love how it says that Peter got out of the boat. He, he, he went over the side of the boat. Why? Well, because Jesus told him to. Come on, somebody. When, when, when Jesus calls you to do something, the only appropriate response when Jesus calls is obedience. And again, it may not make sense. I'm sure the other disciples in the boat that I said, bro, what are you doing? But Peter heard Jesus call him and he responded with a heart of obedience. Hey, listen, is that you? When Jesus calls you to do something, even if it doesn't make sense, do you respond in obedience? Peter did in Matthew 14. He went over the side of that boat. It says he began to take steps towards Jesus. And oh, by the way, it was just one step at a time. It was one step at a time. And as Peter took that first step, and as he kept his eyes on Jesus, right? As he kept his focus there, he was all right. He would take the next step. He's okay. But then Peter did something that so many of us in life do, and I'm guilty of it as well, that when things start swirling around me, I try, and I, I begin to take notice of it. How many of you know that when you take your eyes off of Jesus is when you find yourself in more difficulty? But as long as our eyes are on Jesus and as long as we're taking those steps and doing the things he's calling us to do, we're all right. But Peter begins to take an inventory of what's happening underneath him. He begins to see the white caps. He begins to hear the howling of the wind. And, and, and maybe even some of his buddies that are still hunkered down in the boat say, what are you doing? Sometimes following Jesus doesn't make sense to people. But if he's called you, you obey. Trust and obey. There's no other way, right? We follow, follow Jesus. I love the supernatural thing that happens in Matthew chapter 14. Come on. As long as Peter kept his eyes on Jesus. Listen, you, you, you're going to have to take steps of faith in order to see supernatural things happen in your life. We're too, listen, this is time for us to move from safe to faith. It is time for us to move from safe to faith. You see, when you take those steps that Jesus is calling you to do, supernatural things are available and uh, available for you. It's time for us to move from safe to faith. The wind and the waves, he begins to sink. He walked on water. And I love the encouragement that we find here in Matthew chapter 14, that even though Peter made a huge blunder and we like to bust his chops do we not how could you do that peter it's jesus well, let me remind you he was the only one that got out of the boat that night peter began to sink it says 
And here's the great thing, and here's something I do want you to know about the very nature of God. Do you remember I started with that today? That God is who he says he is. Hey, one of the things you need to know about God is this. He's a God that never gives up on people. People give up on him, but he doesn't give up on people. He could have let Peter just sink and said, guys, I told you, this is what happens. Death when you don't follow me. But that's not God. God says, I love you too much. Peter picks him up. And can I just tell you, someone listening here today, God loves you too much also to let you sink and die. He's ready to pick you up today and to restore you. And this would not be the only time that Peter would let Jesus down, is it? Remember before the uh, 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 rooster crows deny three times. And this would not be the only time that Jesus would reach down and pick Peter up because he would pick him up again after his resurrection from the grave and make himself known to him once again, said, Peter, do you love me? Well, then go feed my sheep. Wow. God's not finished with you either. You may feel like you've done something too terrible for the love of God to reach down and rescue you. Be encouraged today from Matthew 14 but it's about placing your faith in Jesus. And oh, that faith, can I just talk about that real quick? It might just be little faith right now. In fact, Jesus says, hey, at least you had a little faith, Peter. Right? At least you had a little faith. At least you had a little faith. To me, that's an indication that there was always potential then for greater faith to well up within this man named Peter. And today you may feel like, you know what, I don't, I don't know a lot. I don't know a lot about what it means to follow Jesus. I, I don't even have a Bible. If you don't, we can help you with that today before you leave here. I don't know about this Christianity and placing my faith. I don't know. I'm telling you, here's what I, all you need to know. Do you believe that Jesus is your answer? I'm telling you guys, and many of you could testify and, and bear witness to this. I've looked for belief systems all across the globe. I've placed my trust and confidence and faith in so many things, but it's like shifting sand. A wise person builds his house upon a rock. And that rock, a miracle just happened. Did you, what happened? Did y'all? Hallelujah. That rock is Jesus. So here's the challenge for all of us today. Would you stand with me real quick? You have an opportunity today to determine how you're going to build your life. What will you build it upon? For most of us, we've been building on shifting sand. I want to encourage you today to place your faith and trust in Jesus. He's here. He's ready to pick you up and to give you life abundant free.